coin. Okay, maybe I was just talking to myself there for a second, but uh, we are live on Facebook. We are officially recording, and welcome to Out of Home Insider. We're bringing you tips, tricks, and insider insights on not only how to maximize your advertising investment, but make it more efficient. Anytime we can get more results, spend the same or less money, that's a good thing. I'm Tim Rowe. I'm your host, and we're going to be talking today all about how the election year economy is going to impact your business, regardless of what kind of business you run, the election year economy is going to impact you in one way or another. It's either going to help lift your business. It could impact the way that you go to market, what sort of advertising you do. Uh, I mean, there's a very real possibility that as we get later into the year, if you're on TV, if you're on radio, you are getting bumped from your advertising in place of the uh, uh, the political ad campaigns. So it's something to be aware of with platforms like Twitter and Spotify outright eliminating political advertising. That means there are fewer places for politicians and campaigns and super PACs to advertise, to spend their money. That's gonna impact your business. But ultimately we're here to talk about the economy. We'll bring it full circle with the advertising at the end. But if you've been wondering about how the economy of an election year is going to affect your business, you're not the only one. A few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with the president of a, of a very large company, and he said, uh, "Tim, we're gonna we're gonna stay consistent going into the election year with our advertising, but we want to monitor it throughout the year because uh, you know there's obviously the concern of how will the economy do, and that's that that sparked me to really start diving into it and looking historically at the economy. Uh, what you may or may not know about me is that my degree is actually in finance. I'm a an advertising enthusiast who has put his passion to work, but I have that finance brain behind me. So I said, let's look into it. And uh, what I'm gonna do here is I'm gonna share my screen so that you can see what I'm looking at. And we're gonna do that. So if you're listening to this um, in the podcast version, you're gonna wanna go check the show notes, get back to the YouTube link, take a look at this stuff if you wanna see what it looks like on a screen. Um, otherwise, we're going to just break apart the numbers. Hey, if at any point, if at any point you say, Tim, this is really valuable information. This has been really helpful. Thanks for bringing it to the forefront of the conversation and dissecting it in a way that makes sense. If you find yourself thinking that, I want you to send me a message right here on Facebook so that we can set up a time to take this conversation to the next piece. And that's understanding the market data of your specific industry, your business, how this, what we're talking about here in election year economy truly impacts your vertical. So we're going to talk big, big sort of, you know, uh, broad stroke here about the economy in an election year. And we're going to start that by talking about the gross domestic, gross domestic product. So what is gross domestic product? You've probably heard it referred to as the GDP. What that is, is a measure of the products and services produced by a country, a state, a county, a municipality. We're looking at the products and services produced by the United States and we're going to look at that over the last 20 years or so, um, and that's going to give us a pretty good snapshot of what the economy looks like going into an election year. So we can tell that 2018, 17, 16 was our last election year. When you see this little percentage and you see it changing as I'm scrolling over here, that's the average amount of GDP growth in that time period. Now, obviously, we know 2008, Great Recession. I'm going to make the argument to you that had it not been an election year, it actually would have been much worse. And you can see the year after 2009, just how bad it was. I would tell you that in my opinion, the opinion of others, 2008 would have been much, much worse had it not been an election year 
that's a good reason to be excited about your opportunity in 2018. Uh, I'm sorry, 2018. I'm looking at the screen, Freudian slip. 2020, the 2020 election year could be a great opportunity for you and your business to grow while others take a more passive approach and say, hey, I'm going to hang out and see how the economy shakes out because you're going to have actionable intelligence at the end of this episode. So let's go all the way back. So we got 16, 12, 8, 4, 2096. Let's go all the way back to 92. So 92 in election year. I believe that was still uh George Herbert Walker Bush, if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, 92 might have been the the Clinton win. Uh, we have to have to go back and check that. I'm not a political pundit, just an advertising guy. But if you see here, the, the years leading up to the 92 election, 1.9, we fell 0.1. Uh, significant when you compare the growth of 90 to then a, uh, a reversal correction, if you will, in 91. But 92, strong. 93, 94, 95, 96, another election year, you can see up significantly, up almost 50%. The election year of 96, GDP growth was up almost 50, 50% year over. 97, 98, 99, 2000. You can see here, record growth through these uh, the Clinton administration here, 4.4, 4.5, 4.8, 4 4.1. Super strong, consistent, all the way across the board. When you look at this 4.1 of 2000, comparing it to a decade before, you've almost doubled the GDP growth in less than a decade. Consistent election year production, no concerns yet. We're gonna, we see we're getting closer to 2008. One, two, three, and four. You can see four, the best year in that election cycle. One, two, three, and four, election year best. Now, there are a number of factors why we had the recession of 2008. That's not an area that I'm an expert in, but it, it has to do with manipulation of derivatives, an unstable market behind the whole, obviously, the mortgage-backed securities industry. There were a lot of things going on behind the scenes that weren't directly affected by the actual production of the country, some, uh, some lending practices for a dis different day. But again, I would submit to you that based on what we've seen the 18 years uh, leading up to that you've consistently seen strong GDP growth in election years. 2008 would have been a lot worse had it not been election year. 2012 election year, you can see it's up over 11, 13, 14, 15, 16, 16, an interesting election. Obviously, again, we're not going to get into the political stuff, but it was an interesting election because there was so much uncertainty. You've got a newcomer to the stage. You sort of had a had all the things baked in with, with the uh, Democratic candidate. This, the story had already been told, and there were concerns within the markets. We didn't know how it was going to shake out. 17, 18, uh, the, the number for 19 is up again, and I would tell you that 20 is going to be a strong GDP growth year. So when we look at the picture across the board, GDP has been pretty consistent in election years, but here's really the thing that we care about. How much are people spending, right? That consumer confidence. Are people spending money or not? And we've seen consistently every single year, people are just spending more and more money. Now that's, you know, debatable. Is that a good or a bad thing? But 2016, record spending. 2012, record spending. And just look at the years leading up to it, right? So 2008 election year, peak, falls, falls, rises again the year before the election. And we see it peak again every single year. In this chart here, when you look at the election year, it is a peak for the election cycle. Let's just look at 
2001, 2002, 2003, 2004. Look at that jump. All right, let's go all the way back 2000, 99, 98, 97. Look at this. Every single year growth, the peak is in the election year. It's a great opportunity. Now, if you're local to the Lehigh Valley, Eastern Pennsylvania, saw this great release from the Lehigh Valley Economic Development Center the other day that uh, uh, the GDP of the Lehigh Valley alone, over $41 billion dollars equivalent to the entire states of Wyoming and Vermont. So the local economy is strong. We have more jobs than we can fill. People are spending more money than ever. It would be an absolute mistake for you to look at the election year as a threat to your business. It would be an absolute mistake to pull back on your advertising because I'm just going to stop this share here. Um, because it's an election year, what we just saw is that consistent growth through the economy, consistent spending records in every single election year. Now it's up to you to determine how do I best reach my market? And that starts with a concept that I call the 80-20 rule. Some people know it more formally as the Pareto principle, um, but it's really just understand that. Where do 80% of my customers come from? Where do they live? Where do they work? Where do they play? What is the product line that 80% of my revenue comes from? Is it with this specific product? 80% of my sales are on this specific product and 80% of those sales come from these 10 zip codes. That's how granular you need to look at this because the opportunity that you have right now is that there are a lot of business owners that don't have the information that we just talked about. I just shared it on the screen here. Hey, Yank, what's up, buddy? Have you guys met Yankee? Yankee's the blind border collie that's leaving me toys right here. We've got the, the rubber squishy donut. So we'll throw that for him uh, until he comes back in just a minute. But a lot of business owners don't know how to, one, find the data that we just looked at. Two, they're not having this conversation that we're having right now. And three, if they were, they wouldn't know how to apply it. So we're going to take now that information. We just talked about the 80-20 rule, Pareto's principle, understanding where the majority of your sales are coming from, from a very intentional basis. Because once you know, hey, 80% of my, my new business comes on this product line or this service, 80% of my new business comes from here, 80% of my repeat business comes from here. What are other ways that you could monetize your existing customers? Is it offering additional services? Is it packaging it together? How can you do that? And then let's look at the advertising platforms available to us. Newspaper, email, direct mail, television, radio, outdoor advertising, obviously. You know where my bias lies. But here's the thing about all of those items is that they all work. That's it, period. They all work. It's to what degree for your audience. Once you've determined who your perfect audience is, then you can really get smart about how am I going to match up my audience to the medium. Newspaper, if I have an older demo, it could be a great, great play. Direct mail still continues to be a powerhouse. Check your mailbox around the holidays. Who'd you get a lot of mail from? Every store you've shopped from online over the last 12 months. So direct mail is still a player. Television, radio, it's just different. They're all just different mediums. So we know that Twitter and Spotify are both not accepting political advertising. So if those are platforms um, for you in 2020 that are really great for connecting with your core audience, awesome. You're not going to have too much competition there in way of political advertising. You may still have competition in other people in your space, 
but you're not going to have competition there for political space. And that's really important, again, because the advertisers that are on TV and radio, once it gets close to November, those last 60 days, do not be surprised when your schedule gets bumped and all runs and make good in December. But it's going to be too late at that point. You're going to miss too much of your advertising around the busiest shopping time of the year. That's not a time you want to want to be getting bumped from TV and radio. So you need to really look at it and say, okay, where is my audience? How do I best reach them? Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's Facebook and Instagram ads. Interesting thing about Facebook and Instagram is Facebook just came out with a study that said Facebook ads work better when you combine it without out of home advertising. That's right. Facebook put together an entire case study that said we want to test outdoor alone, Facebook and Instagram alone and then the combination of the two. And what they found was that their results, their actual conversion of getting people to take the action that they wanted to, and there were a few different businesses that they that they tried this with, was 30 to 40% higher. Now, why is that so exciting? Because in 2017, Nielsen did a study about out of home. Oh, we might we might be getting a Yankee appearance. Yay, come here. Oh, he was, he was, he just jumped up right here. Let's see, another toss. 2017, Nielsen did a study comparing television, radio, print advertising, and outdoor advertising in each of their respective um, abilities to drive more people on, onto Google to look you up, more people onto Facebook and Instagram to interact with your brand, look up your brand, see what you're all about, interact with Twitter, tweeting about the, the actual creative. If you go onto Twitter right now and just go into the explore function, search billboard ads. It's one of my favorite things to do if I'm feeling a little bit bored because there's all sorts of people having conversations about billboards that they've seen. They're not billboard advertisers. They're just Joe Schmo walking down the street going, hey, that billboard, it resonates with me. Political, it it is an opportunity for politicians to get into if somebody at this point is watching it um, and is a candidate or knows a candidate, tremendous opportunity because of the targeting. But specifically for small businesses, it's one area where there's not as much competition from political advertising. And the really cool part is there's no there's no policy that says, hey, campaign X came in and they're demanding that they buy this much inventory. You need to take off, um, you know. Bill's Body Shop down, down the street or Tina's Salon uh, from across town. There's nothing like that. So once you're on that space, it's yours. It's protected. You don't have anything to worry about. Now, the really cool thing, back to that Nielsen study, that that Nielsen study found was that outdoor advertising drives more people to search on Google, Bing, Ask, those types of search engine sites. It drives more people to look you up online than TV, radio, and print combined on a dollar for dollar basis. Tim, what the heck does all that mean? Let's simplify it real easy. If you're spending 5,000 on television, 5,000 on radio, and 5,000 on news, newspaper, $15,000. If you spent $5,000, cut your budget by 10 grand. If you spent just $5,000 on outdoor advertising, you would drive as many people online to look up your business. So if you've got a great website, if you're spending money on search engine marketing, if you're spending money on search engine optimization, which are all based on people looking you up, then this is a component of your media mix that you have to consider, right? So a few advantages, it's more efficient on a dollar for dollar basis than all three of those mediums. You're never gonna get bumped. You're never gonna get bumped, your space is protected. Lastly, with the technology available today, you can behaviorally target 
outdoor locations, billboard locations that match with your best customers. If you are looking for somebody who has a, a, a typical buying behavior, if you're a coffee shop and you're looking to, to get more people that uh, are most likely to stop and pick up a coffee on their way to work each day, there are specific targeting mechanisms in place. So you don't need to spend $30,000, You can get away with spending five to $7,500 a month, be very targeted, have an incredible message. It's funny that, you know, ads on this thing are about 10 to $12 to reach a thousand impressions. So a 10 to $12 CPM outdoor runs in a three to $5 range. That means you're getting twice as much in terms of actual impressions. So you're getting twice as much share of voice for your dollar. And you know that it's three times as effective on a dollar per dollar basis than all your other mediums. So if you're spending any money on advertising at all, you got to think about out of home in 2020. It's an election year. It's a way to take advantage of a growing economy, growing consumer confidence. Uh, in fact, there's a uh, there's a bill that's in the process of, of being pushed through right now, a stimulus package to help stabilize and support the 2020 economy because it is so important that we do that for our small business owners. We've seen it traditionally, it's gonna be consistent across the board, but you're getting some additional support to ensure that. So don't be afraid of the economy in 2020. There's a real opportunity for you to take advantage of increased consumer confidence, increased spending in election years, and a lot of business owners who are afraid don't have the information that we've talked about here today and are gonna miss out on that opportunity because they're gonna pull back on the reins a little bit. So if you're looking to grow your company in 2020, all you got to do is send me a message here. If this information has been helpful, please like, comment, share it with somebody in your network or your organization that could benefit from hearing it. As always, I'm Tim Rowe. This is the Out of Home Insider Show. It's been a lot of fun. I'll see you guys real soon.